If you love talking about cats, but your friends and family are kind of over it, this is the podcast for you. Join your hosts, Danielle Stray-Woolley and Elizabeth calico Gearhart on the Jersey Podcasts, where everyday cat lovers share funny stories, challenging situations, and ask their questions about cats. All right, let's get right into this episode. Hi, everyone. I'm Stray, otherwise known as Danielle Woolley. And I'm Calico, otherwise known as Elizabeth Gearhart. Welcome to our podcast. We are so excited to be here. Um, It's been a very short but feels like long journey to get to episode one. There's a little bit of practice and um, we'll share a bit about how we met each other and how it really was only a short few weeks, maybe a month or two that we've even known each other. So we're kind of learning as we're going about each other while we roll this all out. But this all started with a cat, a particular cat who, if you're looking at this on YouTube, he's not on the wall behind me. I'll get into that story later because he has this problem that I've taken him to different professionals and they're all really smart, great people, but they've never seen this before and can't really figure it out. And so I was just in a quandary and I thought, well, how am I going to get to people? There got to be somebody out there that's had this. How am I going to get to that person and, and talk to them and figure out what I can do to help this poor little guy? And yeah, I went to and then a, yeah, I went I to a conference. The conference yeah, the conference. We met each other and we were just talking about what we do. And both of us, you know, naturally just started talking about cats for a really long time <laughs> to the point where we're like, oh yeah, we're at a conference with lots of other people. We should go sit down now. And uh, we just decided not, not enough community around cats, um, not enough opportunities for people to share stories and connect with one another. We are by no means experts on the topics, but um, we love cats. We have a passion about it and we want to bring people together that can help one another. Well, and the reason that I was attracted to Danielle for this podcast was she said to me, I specialize in sick and injured cats. So I will find the cats that really need help and figure out how to help them any way I can. And she just, after we met each other and started talking, she texts me, I just saved a cat's life. Oh, we just rescued another cat from here. Oh, you won't believe this story. And we know you all have stories like that too. And we want to make this an interactive community and bring people on the podcast to talk about their stories with us. Yeah. And it's funny too, because sometimes it takes hearing from another person that you do know what you're talking about sometimes. <laughs> so, I mean, we'll have legal disclaimers that please consult your veterinarian for any health related issues for sure. Um, but just because of the experiences I've had in just the short two years that I've been helping out in cat rescue, but because of my network that shares their experiences too, I, I could just dig and search and look for people. And we want you guys to be able to do the same. Right. So if anybody's listening to this out there and you have a cat that is scratching around its eyes and you've tried almost everything, let me know if you tried anything that worked. I, w- I want to hear from you. We, If you go to our website, thejerseypodcats.com, we have a Google phone number where you can call in. You can also email us and you can follow our YouTube channel. And we're really, we really are looking for a community that can help people solve problems around cats, but also get to talk about them. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's important too. So when I meet people, I typically, you know, obviously we all ask the regular questions. What do you do? Where are you from? I usually say what's something you love, what's something you're passionate about. And that's naturally how I wind up talking to everybody about cats or about networking or about travel or arts and crafts type stuff. And um, even just since we announced that we're doing this podcast, we already have over 22, I think is in that last number, it might be 23 now people that said, I want to come in and talk. And it's not, you know, your typical, what people like to stereotype as like some crazy old cat lady. 
Um, we've got some dudes too. And I know, um, Elizabeth, you know, some, some guy cat people. I do my husband, your husband, well, uh, you and- had Nathan, the cat lady on your, your, I heard radio show too, right? Right. So my husband, Richard, and I have a radio show on iHeart and it's also nationally syndicated now. It's for entrepreneurs. Okay. He's, he's a patent attorney. I'm an entrepreneur. I work in his, in his practice. And we had Nathan, the cat lady come on a couple of years ago, really cute guy and loves cats and loves pictures with cats. So I'm going to reach out to Nathan cool. and we, yeah, we had the trap King and you know about him, right? Danielle. Mm-hmm. So he's, he does trap new to release um, and he was really good too. And so there, there are a lot of resources and a lot of really interesting people with interesting stories about cats. I think this is going to be really fun. Yeah. Um, And then even as we were talking about it too, just like within the last few days to people in our own little bubble, um, I've already had people that I, not that I wouldn't have expected them to want to come on, but usually not something that comes out of people's mouth is cats. And I think it's because people think, oh my gosh, they're a cat person or, or I hear, oh, I'm a dog person. So if you are a dog person or someone says, oh no, I don't do cats. We'd love to have you come on too. Cause we'd love to kind of hear why maybe there's a story or a reason as to why you think you can't be a cat person. Um, but let's get this community going. So Elizabeth, let's talk about Max a little bit more. So sure. we know that he had some problems. Um, you're still trying to get those figured out. We invite people to go to our website, send us a message, or you can actually text or leave a voicemail on our number that we have listed there. If you have any ideas to help her out with what she's going to kind of share a little bit more on, but also we'd like to know, I want to hear about the story about how you adopted him. Cause I think it's a funny, but cute story. Right. So, um, I went to the ASPCA site. I love the ASPCA. I think they're a wonderful organization. They do a lot of good in the world. And it said the cat was, I'm in New Jersey. It said the cat was close to me in New Jersey, it looked like. And he was a polydactyl, means he has extra fingers on his hands and he has extra toes on his feet too. Like the Hemingway cat. Like the Hemingway cats. And I did not know this. I had his base paws analysis done, but that is a trait of Maine Coons. So he is kind of big, but anyway, I wanted the polydactyl. I wanted a little male. I wanted a young cat that I could nurture and teach to like sit on my lap and stuff like that. So he was the perfect fit, a dark tiger tabby type of cat. And so I went through the paperwork and adopted him. Well, then I found out after I started the process and was already in love with him just from his picture online. Mm -hmm. And let's emphasize we're in New Jersey. Right. That he was in Kentucky. I was like, (laughs) oh, and and that they were going to bring him up. So I was like, okay, and you just have to pay the transport fee. I'm like, okay. So I paid the fees. And then give the one, give the when the person comes with the cat, give them an envelope full of cash for gas money. <laughs> this is like a shady cat deal. So this is why I love this story so much because other people might be like, "This doesn't sound right." I'm out, and I'm like, "Oh no, I'm in." This sounds like my life. Let's do it. <laughs> right. So I met this. So this woman said, "I'm going to be bringing a van to this mall parking lot at 5 a.m. your time on Saturday. So be there." So I'm like, "Okay." Set my alarm for 4:30. Got in my car, cup of tea, got there. And there are about four or five people there. And they found the van on the edge of the parking lot. And she opens the doors and it's completely full of cages with puppies and kittens, dogs and cats. And she's like, you guys are one of my first stops. I'm going to be traveling across New Jersey into New York, dropping these pets off all day long. And I was like, 
I'm going to give you a little extra money so you can <laughs> buy yourself Rescue, a nice cup of coffee. Rescuers do a lot of work, a lot of work. So yes, you know, the ASPCA and all the organizations all work together, but the rescuers, most of them are volunteer. There are some that are paid. I just want to go on record and say they don't get paid enough, but they do get paid. <laughs> it's a lot. You have to love that work to do that. I could not imagine doing what she did. So there are about four people there picking up their pets and I got him in the carrier. I got him home. The poor little thing could barely walk. He was one pound, 1.2 pounds. And he was supposed to be eight weeks old. And he obviously had had a really rough life. And I think he was found on a farm or something. And so he was covered in fleas, gave him a bath. Well, the very first thing I did was give him some wet kitten food. And he acted like he hadn't eaten for his whole life. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but you know what? All cats do that. I'm sure at some point my cat's going to come flying the door swearing that they're starving to death, but they've already eaten at least four times today. Oh, so. I think I think that that's <laughs> true. But he just ate and ate and ate and he never got fat. So like the whole this whole time I've had him. So I got him in June and right now it's December. So six months, the whole time I've had him, he he's been eating. Now it's calmed down quite a bit, of course, but he's never gotten fat. So that's great because I've had some pretty fat cats before. Mm-hmm. How about you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I actually, I had one cat growing up that was about 30 pounds and he oh. actually had to lay down to eat. Yeah. But when we took him to the vet, they just said, he's just fat, like health wise, you know, there was no concern there. He was just a very, very big boy. Well, so I got Max because my cat checkers, if you look at this on YouTube, you'll see her in the general's uniform behind me. <laughs> um, checkers was just an amazing cat. We loved her so much. And she died of old age in the spring and she's buried in our backyard with an angel on top. And she told us it was time to get a kitten. So that's why we got Max. But I remember the funniest thing coming home from the grocery store when the kids were in school living with us. And she was, she was there. She was kind of a young cat then and coming in from the garage saying, who likes to eat thinking they'll come and help me bring the groceries up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> checkers comes flying downstairs. That's so, funny. Yeah. She was going to help me bring the groceries up, but she was a little too small to do that. So, that. so yeah. With Max, so, so then at what point did the scratching start then? Well, so it was funny because it didn't start right away. But then one day I looked at him and like his eye was almost swollen shut. And I took him to the vet. Like I had been taking him to the vet for his vaccinations. He'd had one mm-hmm. vaccination. So like I was taking him to the vet every couple of weeks or so. And they thought it was a virus. We tried that because a lot of these cats, you know, you never know what you're getting with the rescue. And I mean, thank God for these people that do these foster families that do go out and find these cats and rescue and the poor little guy. Right. And, and I can speak from experience as being a foster fail. So that's why I no longer foster, but I do still help with the rescue side. Um, and something that you just said reminded me of one of my cats when I took him in. Um, he seemed okay in the very, very beginning. It wasn't until like a couple of weeks later, he started to get sick. And um, from what I've been told, and just from what I've seen from different cats being trapped and, and rescued, is that they don't start to show symptoms until like their, their body has a chance to like no longer be in that fight and flight mode, I guess, from being outside and surviving to like, then everything just starts coming out. Like think of you when you're run down, you're running around, you're running around, you're okay. And then you stop and you're like, oh, wow, I'm sick. So I, yes. I kind of related to that. I think you're right. So, so we knew there was something a little bit with his eyes, but it wasn't getting better. And then in August, so luckily if you're like me, people who are listening to this, which I imagine a lot of you are, you take pictures of your cats constantly on your phone. <laughs> 
If I searched my phone right now for the word cat, how many, how many pictures do you think I would have? I feel like we should do this for every guest that comes on the show. I'm going to do it right now. If I search for the word cat, it's not completely accurate because sometimes I have an iPhone. Sometimes it doesn't recognize it as a cat. I have 7,106 photos of cats on my phone. So I think I'm right there with you. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) So, so I had been taking pictures of him all along, of course, when he's adorable. Oh my God. And and it started in August, it looked like. So I'd had him about a month and a half when it started in early August. He started scratching and we put him on, we thought maybe food allergies. So we started him on um, rabbit food, cat food made from rabbits. But I mixed it with the other food for too long. So I kind of screwed it up. So then they said, okay, I went to an allergist. They said, let's put him on straight hydrolyzed chicken protein. I did, and he just got worse and worse. So then I so took we've him- tried changing the diet. You've tried. Right. Um, I know you looked at environmental conditions too, like looking at the type of like blankets and stuff in your house right. too, right? Well, and but I had the full full range of allergy testing done at a holistic vet from his blood work. They did a whole range of allergy tests, and the reason that maybe one of the reasons the changed diet didn't work is because he came out allergic to chicken. Hmm. And they put them okay. on chicken. So, and if you look at cat food, there's chicken in almost in all of it. Right. They'll say salmon flavored cat food, and the first ingredient is chicken and then meat byproducts, which I can't even. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't help either that cats, I don't know about you, but with my cats, um, I get so many different types of foods because they find something that they love, but then they stop eating it. And yes. then you're like, oh my God, this food's going to go to waste. Um, but all of that, I always check all the ingredients too. And you're right. There's chicken in pretty much everything. So if anybody's listening and, you know, can relate to anything that Calico is talking about with their cat and you have an experience you can share, please go to our site and let us know. Or if you have a similar story and the success of how you, you alleviated scratching at or around the eyes, um, please share with us too. And then right. we also had talked about too, um, one, one of the things I noticed and only because of the experience they had a rescuing or helping rescue another cat with this condition is one that the eyelids were actually inverted. The eyelashes were on the inside of the eye. So I know that's something else you had talked to the vet about, but they didn't seem too concerned for Max at least. But I know for other cats that were scratching, it was irritating them. And that was why, and they had to have a surgery to correct it. Right. So I got the allergy list for him. It was wheat and eggs, high high positive for wheat and eggs and a low positive for chicken. I'm like, how could it be high positive for eggs and a low positive for chicken? Aren't those two things kind of related? (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, I don't know how incredibly accurate it is. So, but I've avoided, I get him grain-free. I get him chicken-free. Still haven't seen a big improvement. We had him on ivermectin, which is only used in dogs usually. And well, horses, everybody knows that by now probably. And that helped a little bit and creams on his eyes. And we have not been able to solve the problem. I I asked the vet if I could order alligator for him. Hmm, Interesting. You'll have to keep us posted on that. Right. So, so, but I think the problem is Danielle. Well, actually I did feed him tuna fish, just human tuna fish for two weeks and it still didn't really help. I think the problem is they put a whole bunch of stuff in this food. You cannot get just a pure food, but there's chemicals cats need like taurine and stuff. Um, There's actually a couple of really good Facebook groups. If people look online for cats and nutrition, um, that I follow along and there's a lot of really great advice, but again, every single person's cat is different. So then I wanted to get him neutered and that's a topic for another day. 
uh, um, even though he doesn't really go outside, he goes on our screen porch, but I did not want an unneutered cat running around my house at too old of an age. So they did blood work and found parasites, which they tested him for worms before. So that's why they gave him the ivermectin because the parasite markers were high in the tests they did for the neutering. I don't know. I don't think that helped, but I don't know for sure. So he never got completely well. But then the other thing that happened, I was carrying him and something flew off him into my eye and my eye burned what? and stung and itched for hours. Do you, so, do you know what it was? Is it like a bug or was it just like it felt, if you've ever of- lived, if you've ever lived down South, it felt like a no And those are little, uh, they're not mites, they're midges. And they're called no because you can't see them. So I, I actually I figured that part. And yeah. I remember seeing, I see, the only <laughs> thing I know about no is like on the mosquito stuff. I'm thinking back to my friend who sells Avon and it's like, there's like a thing on there, like it even helps no Like that's the only right. reason I know what they are. Right. So I, I got so desperate. I looked at the paperwork I got and I called the vet in Kentucky who okayed him, had a long conversation. He was really nice and really helpful. So he thinks it could be a food allergy because Max's tail end is a little bit red, which is why I want to go with the alligator and try again. But also um, he suggested Brevecto instead of the other chemicals I've been using to fight fleas. Cause I've been putting his flea medicine on religiously. I thought, could that have been it? That was another thing. So that's when we thought that the podcast would be good too. Cause we were just talking out loud. Sometimes you just need to talk stuff out loud. It's tougher when you're in the middle of a situation and hearing other people. And like, I just saw the light bulbs in her head go off and she was like, only thing I'm giving him is flea medication. And then I was sharing that I, I had a bird that actually got ill due to my cat's flea medication. So you know, just talking these things out with people gives them ideas. But you also touch on two other things that I find are very important for other days, of course. One is spay and neuter, um, how important right. it is, whether your cats are inside or not, just for health reasons. So bravo to you for making that a priority. Um, and then the other thing is you, you've mentioned TNR. And, um, to return so a few times, so, so we'll definitely right now for another day too. he's on Brevecto. I just gave it to him last night because it didn't, I was, he'd been on the ivermectin. So I was afraid to give it to him too close to the ivermectin because there is no research in that. It's okay to administer it to dogs at the same time, but nobody's researched cats. So I let a few days That's go by. That's another important thing. I'm sorry. I'm getting so excited about all the stuff we're going to talk about because I've had a couple of experiences where people didn't know any better and they just said, oh, I had this medicine or I had this shampoo for when I had a dog and they tried using it on cats and you can't. You have to be really specific and very careful about what you use and don't use depending on the species of the animal. And again, I'm not a vet. I'm not an expert at any of that stuff, just from experience from others. Right. I mean, cats and dogs are very similar, but, and they can use some dog medicine on cats under close supervision. I mean, I'm taking this cat to the vet all the time. And what's nice, what I'm grateful for is the vet has not given up. <laughs> so, That's really great. I mean, um, so right now he's, he just got it. And I also have some cream for his face. And Danielle, you had mentioned to me once, which I'm going to bring up to the vet, that sometimes with these cats, it's a nervous response. I don't think it is for him because that thing flew off and bit my eye. I think it's some sort of weird mite or midge that that these chemicals are not taking care of like they should. And I'm we have washed his face in the past with tearless baby shampoo, which the vet yeah. said was okay to use. Yeah. And I wanted to add too, is, um, I guess the heartbreaking part of all of this is he's such a happy cat. Like he's not showing distress, but obviously if you're scratching to the point of bleeding, then there's some distress there. Um, right. He, so he's and such he, a happy boy. 
He's growing. He's nine pounds. He's seven months now and he's nine pounds, which is a little ahead of the curve, but it's part, the main coon probably helps with him being a little bigger, but he's really soft. He's got this beautiful coat of fur and he purrs and he plays and he snuggles and he tries to nose bump me, even though his face is all scratched up. He's, <laughs> he's just the sweetest, most darlingest little cat. And it's breaking my heart. I can't stand to see him suffer. Well, hopefully through this process together, our little journey of the Jersey podcast, we'll have someone that'll call in and give us an idea, um, share a similar story of something that they tried and that was helpful to them to get him back on the road. And we'll keep you guys updated on progress on that too. Right. So this, this episode has been my story. Episode mm-hmm. number two is going to be Danielle's story. So she has a really interesting story. She has so much experience with cats. I can hardly wait to hear all the things that she has to tell us. I loved being here today. I'm glad we launched. Um, We're going to get some help for Max. And for those of you who are still here till the end, thank you so much. Go to our website. And I've said it a few times now, but we have about 22 guests lined up already. And we'd love for everyday cat lovers to be a part of the conversation all about cats. Thanks so much for listening. Let's keep the conversation going. Give this podcast a rating so other cat lovers can find it. Connect with the Jersey Podcasts on social media or visit thejerseypodcats.com and leave a message sharing a story or a question about cats. Thanks again for joining us and we'll catch you in the next episode.